my message, blind eyes can now see. Blind eyes can now see. There are two kinds of blindness. There is the natural blindness and then there is the spiritual blindness. Spiritual blindness is worse than natural blindness. There was a man Jesus saw in John chapter 9. As Jesus walked along, his disciples saw the same man and they said, Who sinned that this man was born blind? Did this man sin or his parents? It was something that was so terrible. They wanted to know what went wrong. And we've already shared here, sin can cause you to be sick. And can even affect your children because Jesus didn't tell them, oh, that doesn't happen. That's not true. That's wrong. Your sin can cause trouble for your children. Your sins can hinder their progress in life. But if you repent and you cry out to God, that sin can be forgiven. And then your children don't have to suffer the consequence of what you've done. I don't fully understand it. Believe me, I don't understand it. But God says your sin will be on your children even to the third generation. But you can stop it. If there's something happening to your life because of what your parents have done... It's going to pass from you to the next generation, your children. But you, as a man of God, as a woman of God, you can stop it. God has given you the power in the name of Jesus to put a stop to it. And then the blessing begins. And according to the word of God, His blessing stays with you even to the tenth generation. Tenth generation. That's an amazing thing. I read about Jonathan Edwards. About how God has blessed his family. All down. Senators. Lawyers. Congressmen. Because they love God. From generation is a study. You can go on the internet and find out about this. God stayed with this family. Because of the faithfulness of the man of God. And even up till today. I believe his children are still being blessed. Because those follow God. And he keeps going. From that generation. Another ten generation. It is good to serve God. Really good to serve God. Let me tell you this. I came up this morning feeling very confident in my heart. I'm feeling very, very confident. And the Lord was reminding me this morning's words that He spoke to me years ago. He said to me, If by my grace you are able to convince them to obey my word, to do what I'm saying, I will bless them. That scripture, that word came back to me this morning. I got those things written, and I'm very aware of it. I know God called Angela and I for this work, and I'm very confident that He has. And He's shown it that He has. I don't have to brag. It's no bragging. It's just saying the truth. I have to let myself, basically, I'm making my declaration. But I have so much confidence in what God's doing. I have that confidence. And I believe that those who listen, God's going to bless them. Not because of me. But because of his word. I have much confidence in God's word. I believe in God's word more than I believe in sickness. And that's just the truth. God is faithful to his word. And I can latch on to this word and stay with the word and proclaim his word. And he promised I will walk with you and I will confirm the words that you speak with signs following. Even if God didn't speak that to me personally, I already have it in the scripture. The Lord walking with them, confirming their words with signs 
following. I have that confidence in God. He is ever faithful to those who serve him. I have that confidence. God is ever faithful. I know Satan lies to us sometimes when things are going wrong. He's telling us, you know, uh if God really loves you, every time you hear anything like that in your heart, it goes the other way. If you hear, if God really loves you, Satan doesn't know how to tell the truth. His good morning is a lie. He doesn't know how to tell the truth. So if he says something to you and you feel bad, go the other way. If he says, if God really cares for you, then he would have done this. Then know that God is preparing something bigger than what you're thinking. And be ready to receive. That's the God we serve. But Jesus met this man who was born blind. And he said, I must walk the works of him who sent me. While it is day, the night comes when no one can walk. And then right after that, he made clay. He spat on the ground. That's the only time we saw Jesus do that in the whole scripture. He demonstrating how God created man. How to do it again. And he did it before his disciples. So that everyone could see. And then he told the man, go to the pool, call saint. And wash yourself. Notice he didn't say, wash your eyes. Wash yourself. Go and wash. Get in the pool. That pool, saint, is the word of God. Soak yourself in the word of God. And you'll come seen. The man came seen. But what I want to share with you this morning is that, continuing with what I, I, I shared last week, you have a part in the miracle that God wants to do for you. God cannot do anything apart from you. God will not give you what you don't want. God will protect your rights to go to hell if that's what you want. He won't give you anything that you don't want. He loves you, but He will only walk with you and give you what you want from Him. He will not impose on your life. You can't be saved until you want to be saved. Even though God is this great, He can't force you to to love Him. You have to want to. He will send a preacher to speak to you, to convince you that this is a good thing to do. But until you are convinced, he will not impose on you. So for every miracle that comes your way, you have a part to play. You have a part to play. Hey, Kathy, please give me Second Corinthians chapter 10. Sorry, chapter 8, verse 10. Backward. Chapter 9, verse 10. <laughs> Went back and forth. Those two scriptures are similar. Chapter 8 and chapter 9. Chapter 9, verse 10. He says, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food Supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. God is the one who supplies seed for sowing. So God is the supplier and you are what? The sower. Hello? 
God is the supply. You want multiplication? You want increase? God is the supplier and the multiplier. You are the sower and you are the one that's going to harvest from your sowing. Amos 3 verse 3 says, How can two walk together or except they be in agreement? Can two walk together unless they be in agreement? This man said, Jesus said to him, he didn't just open his eyes. That's what God did. The breathing upon that man's life who was born blind was, Go to the pool. The man says, I went and I washed and I came seeing. Amen. You got something to do. Your part and God's part. I said, you provide the natural and God provides the super. And when it's over, you have the supernatural. If you refuse to provide the natural, there ain't no super coming. You're not going to get anything super. Two must work together. It has nothing to do with how you feel. It's whether you are in agreement with God. And if you are in agreement with God, He blesses you. That's what the man did. God is the supplier. He supplies you with the seed to sow. If you eat your seed, there is nothing to sow. Hello? He wants you to sow it. That's the reason He gives you seed. If He gives your fellow seed to sow, and the fellow is aware that He has also given you seed to sow, and you eat your seed, and you go to your fellow, please borrow me some, just, lo- just let me have a, a, a... He's going to tell you, where are your own seed? What did you do with yours? You can eat your seed. He gives you, he is the supplier. That's not only with finances. He goes with everything. Your healing, he supplies you with the word of God, the seed. The word of God, as he gives you the word, then you must sow the seed of the word in your heart. And if you hear, go, you jump. You go and you get your miracle. But if God has already supplied you seed and you are asking Him to do your part to sow for you, He'll keep telling you, I already supplied you seed, son, uh, daughter. Your job is to sow it. That's what's wrong with us. We are always wanting God to do everything. But God didn't do everything for this blind man. He was born blind. He could have said to Jesus, how do I, I don't know where this pool is, you see, I'm blind. Hello? But he obeyed. He didn't say to Jesus, why don't you take me to the pool? He found his way to the pool. When you have faith, you will act. You will do what the word says. But if you don't believe, you won't do anything. You will find some reason why it is silly to do this. You mean I've been sitting here all my life and all it's doing is spitting and putting clay on my eyes. And why don't you just do this 
and just open my eyes. Why do I have to go to the pool to wash? You try to analyze it, it doesn't make sense. Why do I go? But that's the way the Word of God is. Most of the time, it doesn't make sense to us. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. It doesn't make sense. And God says, I've chosen the foolish things of the earth to confound the wise. So you do what's foolish, and God shows everybody your wise. You know, the word says, when you go to God in secret, He blesses you openly. Nobody sees what you're doing in secret, but then He blesses you for the world to see. He makes you a showcase for the world to see how good He is. And you know, God is not a respecter of persons. God's not going to do something for me because I'm a pastor and I preach every morning. If the pastor thinks that, he's going to be hungry for a while. Because God is not the respecter of persons. you got to apply faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to move God. You can't move Him without faith. That's the only thing that pleases Him. That's the only thing that moves Him. And this man acted in faith. So in your life, you always have something. If you have a problem, God has given you a seed to destroy that problem. All you have to do is sow that seed. You cannot have any problem. I don't care what it is. No matter what it is. If it's something that has to do with life and godliness... And you are a Christian, God's already giving you what you need to overcome that thing. He will not allow it if he, there's no seed in your life for you to overcome that thing. Because that's what the word says. God will not allow you to be tempted above what you're able. So if there is a problem in your life, there is a seed that God has given to you that you can use to overcome it. And if you walk with God, two walking together, that problem is going to be destroyed. You just have to act and not ask God to always act. Moses was crying out to God and God says, why are you crying out to me? You got the rod in your hand. Why don't you stretch the rod and, and divide the sea? Stop crying to me. I have given you that, that rod. The staff with which to do signs. He told him that. I believe that's in Exodus chapter 4. I have given you that, that rod in your hand to do signs. And there's a rod that comes from this time of Jesse. And that's Jesus Christ. And God's giving us the name of Jesus with which to do signs. But you got to do it. Amen. The word of God tells us. Is this time right? <laughs> oh Lord, have mercy. <laughs> I have a lot that I want to share. <laughs> Good. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yes. But the woman with Elijah, Elijah that woman was in real trouble. We talk, started talking about this last week. A godly husband feared God, but was in debt. He died not taking care of his death. And the mother said, they are about to take my two sons. The creditor is coming and he's going to get my sons. To convert them from sons to slaves. 
That's a terrible thing. That's a major change in a man's life. This woman was desperate. Something's got to be done. There's no way I can pay this debt. Many of us, we, we have debts, not just financial debts. There are things that have come against us. We don't have any way to get out of it. What can I do? I'm helpless. In the time, they knew to cry out to the man of God. And she went to the man of God, the greatest prophet in the land at that time. He says, look, you know my, my husband, he was a prophet as well. And he feared God. But look, what's happening to us? The creditors, they are, they are threatening right now. They want to take my sons to make them slaves. And the prophet said, what can I do for you? What do you want me to do for you? What do you have in your house? In other words, if I'm going to do anything, God has already provided the seed in your house. He's already in you. Let's take from what you got to perform this miracle that will deliver your sons from slavery. You have to understand, when she says, they, they, my, they are coming to take my sons to... The sons were already slaves. They are still at home. As far as those guys were concerned, he is their slave. Both of them, they were, you know, their slaves. They were just waiting to get to, to put their hands on them to bring them to, to their place of slavery. But this, what do you have in your house? Let me say something to you, very seriously here. What I've discovered is this. No matter what problem confronts me, you know what I want to do? I will go and find books and the Bible. Paul said to, to, to his uh, fellow workers, bring me those books and departments. He wanted to study. Take books with you. And the problem, shut yourself in. Let's read this scripture so you see what's going on. Okay? I'm going to start from verse 2 in Second Kings chapter 4. 1 through 6, but I will start from verse 2. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. That's a good thing to have. To have the anointing of the Holy Spirit in your house. That's good enough to take care of any problem. Amen. Any problem. The Holy Spirit will beat any problem any day, any time. The Holy Spirit's anointing can take care of any problem. Because it will help you build your faith. Amen. The Holy Spirit will do that. God reserved this jar of oil. In this woman's house. And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. That was the answer. Then he said, go, borrow vessels from everywhere. Borrow vessels from everywhere. Amen. Borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, those around you. Empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. This sounds like, go borrow vessels everywhere. He sounds like, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Every empty vessel. Because if they don't know Jesus, there is a hole inside their heart that only Jesus can feel. 
And they've been trying to fill that hole with uh, booze. Um, and immorality. And all of that stuff. And it doesn't satisfy. And they don't know what to, what, how to stop what's going on. This aching inside. Until Jesus takes his place in the heart. They'll never be satisfied with life. No matter how much money they have. There is that hole there. So he says go gather these empty vessels. Notice what it says. Not a few. And then it says in verse 4. And when you have come in. You shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. Amen. Set aside the full ones for a good purpose. Amen. The full ones for a good purpose. After you are mature in Christ, please serve. Amen. Please serve. Look at verse 5. He says, So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her as she poured it out. Let me show you something. Shut the door to whatever that, that the, whatever door the enemy is using to come to your life. Notice what she did. She shut the door herself and her sons that were supposed to be taken. Shut that door and had the oil and the anointing right there with them. Shut that door. If it's causing you a problem, it's your duty to shut yourself in. In the closet, shut the door. If it's your business, there is something that's going on and the business is going down, you can literally identify why. And what's happening? Maybe you have neglected your devotion to God. Shut the door. Whatever it takes, you are bleeding. Stop the bleeding. Stop doing whatever is causing your problem. That's what it is. No one's going to get my sons. Shut the door. They're not coming. We got the oil now. Amen. And we got the vessels now. And notice another thing that they did. She did. She involved the sons. Amen. They were part of this miracle. Hello. You can't have a miracle from God without you participating. They were a part of this miracle. They were the one bringing the vessels and she was pouring for their deliverance. But the door has been shut. No one's coming to get them. That door has been shut. So shut the door. You can. Shut the door. So that God will bring you deliverance. And when you shut the door, begin to pour the oil. God cannot fail. I came saying this morning that I have so much confidence in God. I have no confidence in myself. Many times I say, God, I can be unfaithful. But you, you can never. It's impossible for you to be unfaithful. That's a no word. That's not a word for God. I can be because I'm a man, and because He is faithful, and I know He cannot lie. I can rest in Him, even with my own faithfulness, and He'll take care of me. And He loves that because He is a great Daddy. Amen. But you have to be a part of the miracle. He is the supplier. And the multiplier. But you have to sow. 
You get to participate. You get to go to the, the waters to wash the pool. You have to do something. As long as you keep arguing with God, you'll never get your miracle. You see, God doesn't respond to crying. He will tell you, weep not. That's what Jesus did every time he met somebody weeping. He says, weep not. Because weeping doesn't affect him. Weeping doesn't move him. Your emotions never move God. But if you tell him his word with faith, he'll listen. He'll move. So we have to understand this. You have what it takes for the miracle. You already have it in your home. First thing, shut the door and begin to engage. If your business is hurting, engage your business with God. You know, recently I told, uh, is Irina here? Irina is not here. I told Irina, this ministry is going to be blessed. I found a new trick. Amen. I want to start supporting the Jewish people. I said. Amen. Not mouth support. We sent some money to them. And Irina said, well, this is what we did. I said, I, I want you to double that. And you know, she can, she, I, I think you, can have to, you have to talk to her. He's been different since then. He's been different. When God opens your eyes, you got to engage the miracle without fear. And see what God will do. Engage that miracle without fear. Practice giving to receive in abundance. Because I'm telling you, and I may not come to this, it's so important, because we are Christians, we're struggling financially, but you get to practice giving. This is the principle of sowing. So you can receive. If you are hurting financially, money cannot be God. But you need money to survive. I'm telling you, you can speak in tongues all day long. But if they are coming to get your car, you'll be speaking in tongues. I tell you what, if the guy says, I'm going to possess your car, and you start speaking in tongues, he says, please, move aside. (laughs) We're coming for your car. We need God to help us. And he is faithful. Let me explain something to you in this area of receiving from God because some, some Christians hurt in this area. A lot of Christians I've talked to sometimes in this area, they've struck, they fight with me about, you know, tithe. I really don't bother who's paying tithe. I don't check who, who's paying what in the church. It's been from day one. I don't know who gives what. If they tell me, I know. But mostly, I don't go in there. That's not my business. I want to tell you the truth of the word of God. This thing works. In my life today, I am working very hard to, uh, to, to get my offering to be equal with my tithe. That's where I'm going. Am I proving it? No. But God said, prove me, Right? Prove me. Well, I've got to prove him. I'm listening to his word. If I don't do his word, then I'm in disobedience. To obey is better than sacrifice. You can reason it out. I don't want to reason. I want to prove him because he said to do that. 
And because I'm doing that, because I know God's faithful, I get nothing to worry. I can never be in one. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm not going to look to any man. He will take care of me. Now look at Ephesians chapter 4 verse 28. He says, let him who stole steal no longer. Uh, you're a thief. And still in church. That's incredible. I mean, he was writing to Christians. So we have some Christians in church that were still stealing. That's amazing. He says, he, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, what is good. So you think, work so that I can make a living, right? He didn't say that. Look at what he says. Work with his hands, what is good, that he may have something to give. Hello? Your working is God's way of supplying you seed to sow. This is scripture. You, if a man is stealing, that means he doesn't have much, right? So you tell him now, nah, I want you to go and find a job and work so that you can give everything that you earn and give it away. The guy says, what did you say? <laughs> Does that make sense? I can work and give it. But that's the only way God can bless you. You're working with him. So you're arguing about tithing. <laughs> you're just beginning. You don't have any understanding. Let him who stole still no longer... But let him work, let him labor, working with his hands, what is good. Don't go sell, sell cocaine. Hello? It's work that's good. I'm going to start give, selling drugs so I can have a lot of money to give to church. The church don't need that kind of money, please. Hello? Work that's good. You earned it. Amen? You earned it. And then you give it away. Because that's the way you sow. Let me tell you something. You can never outgive God. And we're not talking about giving to the Ark Fellowship. Please, if you don't want, give it somewhere else. Just put the thing out there. Two walking together so that God will bless you. Let me finish with this scripture today. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9. Back to that same scripture. 6 through 8. It says, remember this, and I'm reading from uh, the New Century Version. It says, remember this, the person who plants a little, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> will have a small harvest. But the person who plants a lot will have a big harvest. Each one should give as you have decided in your heart to give. Now, I, I want to stop there. Notice he talked about planting and then he went to give. So we really need to give, go back to what he, where he started, okay? And I'm going to change the word plant to give, okay? Because that's exactly what he's talking about. He's talking about giving. He's talking about giving. He says, remember this. In other words, I want to remind you. There is a principle at work here. Remember what you have been taught. Remember this thing. Remember this, that the person who gives a little, right, will receive 
a little. But the person who gives a lot will have a big, will receive a whole lot. It says, each one shall give as you have decided in your heart to give. It's your decision. And God's paying attention to your decision to give. I mean, we're not just talking about money. You can give love. You can give time. Sometimes that's more valuable. You can give. You have to decide how much time you want to give. How much time you want to spend. Whatever you give, that's what you get. If you give money, God's not going to give you corn. (laughs) It's just the truth. If you want to be a friend, show yourself friendly. You're not going to give friendship and receive corn. Every tree according to his kind. Please understand. Every tree according to his kind. Produce according to his kind. So if you're having a problem in this area, God's saying this is the way, whatever area, this is how to get out of it. Give a lot. Each one should give as you have decided in your heart to give. You should not be sad when you give. When you feel that pinch inside of you to give, please don't, as a pastor, I'm telling you. Because it's not your giving that's going to support the Ark Fellowship. God's going to use somebody else. But if you are feeling the pain to give, don't give. Because you just gave the money away. You threw it away. God's not going to acknowledge it. And be very frank with you. Because we have to speak the truth. I know pastors, I've, you know, all of our people talk about pastors compelling people to preach. I don't like to do that. Angela and I won't do that. It says, don't do that. You should not be sad when you give. And you should not give because you feel forced to give. Don't feel compelled to give. The church is going to go down if you don't give. Let it go down then. Hello? If God cannot raise somebody to give, then maybe God doesn't need that church. Why should you give to a church that God doesn't need? So we have to force everybody, make them feel guilty to give. No. God says if you do it that way, you're not going to get a reward. What is he doing? He's trying to show you how you can give and actually receive a harvest. That's all he's trying to do. He's telling you the ways you can do it and get nothing. Where you say, well, I did it before, but it didn't work. He didn't work because your, the way you did it wasn't according to Scripture. You got to do it the way Scripture says to do it. It says, you should not be sad when you give. And you should not give because you feel forced to give. God loves the person who gives happily. God loves the person who gives happily. And God can give you more blessings than you need. Then you will always have plenty of everything. That's what the Bible says. Enough to give to every good work. You will always have plenty of everything. Can God lie? God speaking the truth to us. is whether you believe. If you truly believe, you will do what? You will go to the pool to wash. If you don't believe, you will feel sad that we are even talking about this matter. Pastor, don't you have another thing else to preach? You have to talk about this all the time. 
<laughs> you started again. You see, Pastor, you started again. You must be needing some money this time. That's a corner mind. But if you're seeking God's blessing in your life, stand up and say, Look, I found the secret. Amen? The man searches the field and he finds a good leper. He goes back, he sells everything that he has to buy that field because he knows there's something precious in that field. Amen. I'm going to close with that, but I want to tell you this as we go on with this. Probably I hope I was going to finish this today. But let me say this. When God starts blessing you, not everybody is going to be happy with you. Hello? You will discover enemies that you didn't know you had. They will be coming out and you will be so shocked. You just got blessed and now you are being criticized. It always works that way. But remember, Jesus didn't ask for a meeting with Caiaphas. Okay? He only stayed among those that celebrated him. Amen? So, when God starts blessing you, you'll start finding your true friends. And so, Jesus stayed with his friends. He loved everyone, but he didn't ask to eat with the scribes and the Pharisees. Or even try to persuade them, please let me explain to you. He didn't try. He just went his way. Always Stay with those who celebrate you. Amen? Let me end with this scripture. Proverbs 12, verse 26. The righteous shall choose his friends carefully. For the way of the wicked leads them astray. Choose your friend carefully. Amen? Choose your friends carefully. If they don't celebrate you, (laughs) bye. Still love them, but don't go eating with them. Because they will find a way to cause you a whole lot of pain. I live my words, my life by scriptures. Don't no emotions. Just stay with what it says. Amen. And you can never go wrong staying with God's word. Amen. All heads bowed this morning. The food's already cooking back there. And we're ready to go. If you're here this morning and you have not made Jesus the Son of God, the Son of God, your very personal friend. You can make him your friend today. And he'll, he'll take you in. In fact, I'm going to let you know, he's been waiting to have you as his friend. You're going to disappoint him today, or you're going to receive him as your best friend. Amen. At the count of three, If you're here and you say, I want Jesus to be my best friend, my Lord and my Savior. I want him in my life. I know he died for my sins. And I want him in my life. I want to be close to him. Maybe you accepted Christ before, but you've walked away. You're not doing everything that you know you should do with regards to God. But you want to come back to him today. If that's you, I want to pray for you. So at the count of three, all you need to do is lift your hand up quickly and you can put it out down. Put it back down. One, two, three. Place your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you so much. God will honor your faith 
and your desire to be close to Him. I can't tell you how important what you've just done is to God. It's priceless in heaven. And no matter where you've been in your life, no matter what you've done, I want to let you know your past just got erased. You got a new beginning. And God will walk with you and bless you and show you His goodness because He loves you. Amen. If you did that today, please, everybody look up here. After we've prayed, I need you to, there's a part where it says, my decision. I need you to check one of those, what you did today, and then put, put, give it to somebody back there, or just lay it down by where we have the camera. And if you're watching by television, understand that God wants you to turn your life over to Him. He loves you dearly, and you can become part of His family. There is no greater thing for a man to be than to be a part of God's own family. For me, I realize I'm a family member in the household of God. I'm recognized in God's house. When I show up, God says, that's mine. And I got my brothers and my sisters, and we all belong to His family. So you can turn your life over to God today and pray with us. As we pray here at the Ark Fellowship here in Houston, pray with us, and God will come into your heart and truly bless you. Would you all pray with me this morning? Repeat this prayer after me. Say with me, Dear Jesus, Thank you for coming into the world to die for my sins. I believe with all of my heart that you died on the cross for my sins. And God, I believe with all of my heart that on that third day, You rose from the dead and that you are alive today and forever. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to me. I believe that from this very day, I have received power to live for God. Because it is written, He gives power To all who believe. Thank you Lord. In Jesus name. Amen. If you said that prayer. You meant it with your heart. As we close this morning. um, um, I believe. I want to ask our prayer partners.